Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm Phil Dobby. Steve Keen is hiding from the virus in Thailand. I'm stuck in a studio at the end of the garden in Surrey. But the Debunking Economics podcast continues. Uh, we've got a few in the can, so to speak. One recorded last week, just before Steve left Europe, looking at the repair-based economy. Is our buy, throwaway culture sustainable? Is the idea of a circular economy realistic? I thought that might be worth a little discussion as we all get used to very different ways of living these days. That's today on the Debunking Economics Podcast. So, Steve, one of the questions we might be left with after this virus that uh, we are in the midst of will be, have we become too reliant on supply chains? I think we we talked Mm. about that uh, last week when we were talking. Another might be, are we just too reliant on stuff Mm. generally? And uh, if we are to look after the planet, do we lose our appetite for goods that we keep for a short while and then throw away? Uh, And in which case, why not keep them and fix them, which, of course, used to be, you know, Mm. in more austere times, the way stuff was done. I remember my mum darning socks rather than buying new pair. You wouldn't even entertain the idea of doing that uh, these days. So is it time for us to go back to that idea of a repair-based economy? And and if so, how how would we even start to implement such a thing? That's the trouble. I mean, we've lost the skills. Mm. Uh, And you're quite right. The darning socks one is one that everybody of a certain age can remember their parents (laughs) doing. I'm a certain age plus 10. Um, and my father repairing stuff in the in his own little shop uh, workshop in the back of the house, uh, back back in the garage. Uh, we had the capability and the skills back then. Yeah, um, but I'm, it doesn't have to be individuals doing it either. I mean, it's the, well, you, get, we, you look at uh, you know mobile phones. If you've yeah. not got the latest one, you throw it away. And in fact, the EU. The, what got me onto the idea that maybe yeah. this is something we should talk about is the yeah. EU is is wanting to introduce measures that would mean it would be easier to repair and reuse, specifically things like phones and laptops and tablets, because less than forty percent of electronic waste in the EU. Hmm is recycled. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, we, we've got a whole production system based upon producing stuff and flogging it yeah. and not thinking about the consequences of doing it. One of the best guys on, on the need to have a totally different approach to the economy is an Australian guy called Ted Trainer, And I recommend people search his name and take a look at his arguments. He has fairly convincingly argued that we could have had uh, a community in which we had, like, for example, every every housing block would have a fridge which would be large enough capacity for the entire housing block, which would last 200 years uh, in, in, in terms of its design, mm. uh, where the roads would not be roads. There would be uh, the, the, what we currently use as roads would, in fact, be areas for crops. Uh, uh, and we would cycle and have uh, mini-sized vehicles, etc., etc. So the fact that the type of world we've got is a bit like the world of uh, Who Killed Roger Rabbit, for those who have or have seen that movie. <laughs> for those who haven't, it's a wonderful animated feature starring Bob Hoskins, I think, uh, English yep. actor, yep. As, as, the, as a human character, I mean, just a whole bunch of cartoons. And the, the theme of the story, which sort of gets lost to a lot of people, is that uh, the evil uh, uh, oil-producing companies 
are shutting down the tram service. I think it was Los Angeles or San Francisco. Whatever. Los, Los yep. Angeles, I think. Yep. Shutting down the tram service to make us all use cars. Mm. Now, that actually happened. So what we've done is have a world in which we have maximum output to have maximum sales, maximize profits, and not think about the uh, the end consequences of that. And that was fine at a time which William Blomar once described as the cowboy economy, when there's an enormous amount of unused unused land in which you can expand. Not today. We're in Spaceship Earth, as again, as Blomar put it, and we've got to treat it that way. And how much of that is because we, you know, the the value of so many goods is is in the actual commodity that is at the, at the base of it. So whether it's oil or, you know, whatever the, mm. whatever the resources are, the actual manufacturing component is such a small part now of the, of the total price. So, mm. to, um, so the idea you might mend something or fix it means you're not getting all that revenue yeah. from, from the core. Yeah. So it's, you know, whether it's the, so the materials on an iPhone, because it would be very easy, wouldn't it? In fact, I'm surprised no one's done it for somebody to say, well, let's have a mobile phone where... Even new processor comes out. Okay, I don't know how you fix it. The it, it you, you take it, out the old one and stick the no, new I'm one in. Right. A- there is actually one. I can't remember the design, but there is one phone that has been designed along those lines. Right. Everything is removable and replaceable. But one of the but that's a big improvement, isn't it? To, to it's think also that a big way. increase in size. It's we, mm. we, we, the whole idea of these, you know, tiny but very powerful and sexy-looking phones. Uh, is dependent upon the entire thing being a single unit. Mm. You actually weld the. I, the uh, CPU onto the circuit board. Right. Okay? Everything is... You, well, okay, <coughs> so we change it so that... I mean, the, the, the problem is it's cheaper for the company to remake it in its entirety rather than repair and fix yeah. and upgrade. Yeah. So something in that cost structure has got to change to change this thinking then, hasn't it? So that it becomes worthwhile for a phone company oh, okay. to say, get yeah. your old phone back and we'll upgrade it by changing the components. Yeah. But it, we have to do that. But it, like the whole idea of a circular economy says we continue using stuff in a, you know, in yeah. a circle. And I've, I've got some good friends who work in that area, uh, um, Kate Rawith, of course, with the idea of the donut, donut, the donut economy. Her vision of the economy is a donut. So you don't want to be in the centre or outside the donut. You want to be inside, and that means from the inside out, you're getting sufficient resources for everybody. Uh, from the outside, from the from the outside in, you're within planetary boundaries. Uh, she said a huge part of the planet's inside the donut. They haven't got to the stage where they can eat the contents, and the huge part of the planet's outside the donut. We're actually extressing the planet in about seven fundamental ways. Mm. Um, uh, I, so seeing it's seeing the economy, the economy behaving the Ken, same way. Ken Webster, who's one of my patrons, hi Ken, um, is, is a strong opponent of the of the circular economy. I once made a negative remark about that because my instant thought about the idea of a circular economy is a circle is something that doesn't move. Okay? Mm. A, circular, a circle just stays there. I would rather, and I've said this to Kate as well, change to saying we should talk about the wheel economy because a wheel, first of all, is humanity's first great invention. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you think about you know, what has dramatically transformed, the, reduced the amount of energy necessary to achieve useful work, Far and away, the most important invention we ever made was the wheel. Secondly, a wheel doesn't turn unless somebody pushes it. Right. Okay. So you're arguing there, just so I'm getting this yeah, right. So yeah. a circular, I mean, the idea, the thinking behind a circular economy is that you are, it's self-contained, basically. Yeah. You're, you, yeah. you're, not, you're not 
pushing pulling anything out and you're not pulling anything in it's just the way the environment operates that nature is no it's just not the way the environment operates because <laughs> the environment needs energy coming in from the outside right so that's why i said a wheel economy is a better vision because wheels don't turn unless you push them uh, wheels have got a rim so you can be inside the rim or outside the tire the, the same sort of thing as the donut that's the vision i want people to have the economy it's a wheel it has to be pushed okay and again pushing it involves energy and involves waste and therefore you have limits to what you can do overall. So the idea of a circular economy implies we can continue reusing everything. That defies what's called the second law of thermodynamics. Mm. There has to be waste. If you're going to do useful work, part of your energy has to be wasted unless you're dumping it into a point in the universe which is at zero degrees, kel- zero Kelvin, uh, absolute zero, and the other next right. law is there is no but such waste. we want waste. to minimize that waste, obviously. We want to minimize the waste. You can't get rid of it, but you do want to minimize it. And uh, so the whole idea of emphasizing reuse Rather and, and and rebuild and repairing rather than throw away and buy a new one. That is that is a vital thing, uh, but we've left it probably again with thirty or forty years too late to really do that properly. Mm. So if we'd actually done that properly with mobile phones, it might be about maybe twice the weight. Um, okay, um, uh, but but maybe we could live with that. We could live I, with. I mean, I mean and, and you would be just continually changing components as time went on, depending which component matters most to you. Well, you know, I'm I'm a parent who's at the stage where I'm thinking maybe mobile phones are, you know, with two kids who are in teenage years or approaching teenage years, mm. is beginning to think maybe mobile phones weren't a great invention for mankind anyway. And Indeed. if someone hadn't invented it, we might actually have progressed better uh, as a species. But I mean, if we. Even if we did disassemble and rebuild, we're still going to have waste, aren't we? Of course, yeah, because, because right. we make progress on making things smaller, and that's the, that's the problem. There's, you know, we're, we're uh, that's that's the price you pay for progress. The stuff that you are always going to chuck away because you've done something better. I'm not quite sure how you get over that. Unless, oh, yeah, you, unless you say, well, and you've uh, also got fundamental waste, both in energetic and physical. Yeah, that you can't you can't reuse. And it's not a good idea to reuse cyanide. Uh, but that's part of the production process of using gold in various manufacturing processes. So there are some things which uh, which you can't recycle. So again, I, I like you know, the circular economy concept compared to the uh, build it and throw it, build it and throw it away world we live in. Definitely an improvement. But the actual vision has to be one where we acknowledge we've got to have energy as an input from the outside, and that we necessarily create waste. And so then, doesn't it become then a question of the cost yeah. of those inputs, whether it's energy or whether it's uh, other raw yeah. materials that we're using. So, so a uh, guy called Walter Stahel, I might have pronounced it wrong, he mm. founded the Product Life Institute in Geneva. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it until today. Sounds good. Uh, he argues that last century resource prices were constantly decreasing. This century they are going to increase. And so mm-hmm. that's going to force a rethink, which sounds good, except for the fact I'm not seeing prices increasing this century. Look at oil, for example. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, we we are pushing right up again. We've pushed right through the limits to growth. Mm. Okay, so and I think that's what this 2020 is teaching everybody that this is not a year like any other. Mm. Okay, it, 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 we we it, we started with the fires in Australia were the first big signal, um, but there were fires in California before that. From what I'm seeing from people I know who know the who were weather specialists in America, California is getting ready for very big fires, much much bigger than the previous ones. Yeah. That's the beginning of the of the environmental breakdown caused by shifting. Um, weather patterns so much that what used to be forest is now becoming desert and there'll be horrific wildfires. Australia's had the first taste. California looks like it'll be number two. Spain isn't too far away. Then we had um, 
uh, floods in various parts of the world. Again, Australia is really, really yeah. lucking out. And the UK and Europe. I mean, the UK of as well. That's yep. right. Wet num- February. Number ever. three is the coronavirus. Mm. Now, if, if this isn't enough to wake up to people, we've gone beyond the planetary balance. I don't know what is. Something else will come along, which will be no. worse. But, it's, but but there's so much going on. It's hard to deconstruct it yeah. all, isn't it? So we the, the, the concept of the circular economy is was going in the right direction. Mm. And the trouble is you have economists disparaging that and always thinking there'll be a technological fix for everything. And that's that 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 But how do you find the techno- te- technological fix for waste? I mean that's the uh, well, they uh, they don't even understand physical objects that a lot of them. Uh, they've got blackboard economics. They you know, well where they can draw equations and lines on the blackboard of look they, they use words that look like they're related to the real world and have no no correlation whatsoever. But the circular economy vision is saying that's how we should be. That is definitely the way we should have been thinking. And the fact that we're doing that in some places like Ken Webster's group, uh, which I think are the Ellen, Ellen McDonald Foundation, Kate's worth on the donut economy, yeah. the guy you've just had here a moment ago, those, those are good um, be- beginnings to take back in the direction we should have gone. But we've still gone far too far, far down the world, which sees us being in a, a, in a cowboy economy where you can throw it away because there's plenty of... Well, so how do you change that? I mean, because the risk, the danger is that everyone, and I think most people would say, well, this seems like a good idea, mm. but it's all piecemeal, isn't it? So like yeah. our local church has got, you can go there at a weekend and there's mm. these old guys who fix stuff. Mm. And I love going there because I love my kids seeing, you know, this is what real men, as opposed to your father who couldn't fix anything, mm. uh, this is what real men can do. They can fix this old stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and everyone's taking great delight in all mm. of that. But it's just a hobby. It's not It's not yeah. the way an economy is operating. It's no. just it's And it, it would be meal. substantially less damaging to the environment economy if we did. Mm. It would be more like the 1950s than the, the 2020s in terms of the... But it techni- would slow progress, wouldn't it? It but would it, it, slow it, it, everything down. But it would be a good idea. To slow progress. To slow progress. Okay. Mm. Um, I mean, the but you o- can't do that because, the, because capitalism is driving that progress. And the trouble is capitalism works so long as you're in a cowboy world. Mm. And the trouble, and what we're now realising is, we left the cowboys behind. Right, but we can't say we can't have capitalism because I'm sure there's a, you know, anyone who's not a sympathiser to this podcast or mm. or, or mm. to your mm. writings will mm. look and say, there they go again. Yeah, and I'm just uh, no. talking about you know the, knocking the, the capitalism. Capitalism so. can work if we take it off planet. Right. Okay. This is and my my long term objective is the thought has always been that at some point, if humanity survives as a species, and I'm, the if is a big word. Uh, then production predominantly is going to occur off planet. What we so need- then we don't care about the waste. Is that what you're saying? That's right. You dump it in because our space. inputs are greater we can just and our outputs fire it be- into the sun or fire it to whichever planet where it might be beneficial. Right. Okay. Uh, you, you use some carbon dioxide would be useful on Mars. Uh, that sort of thing can be done once we take capitalism off planet. But on the planet. Uh, for some time, we've been facing this con- confrontation with the physical c- capability of the biosphere, which we've totally overloaded, and now it's fighting back. So the circular economy idea uh, would be great if we if we did it in Earth with Earth level produ- production on Earth, where we reserved eighty percent of the planet for the other species, which so what we is, haven't done. So what are uh, the what is the circular economy trying to overcome then? Just the fact that if we've got that we're using up 
A, we're using up too many resources and they're yeah. limited. And, and B, is, is the waste side of it, is that a bit of a furphy, though? No, the, the, it's important because the waste side, I mean, for example, when you go shopping, you get a plastic bag. Yeah. Okay, disposable plastic bag. They're now biodegradable pl- uh, disposable plastic bags, but it's still disposable. Right, but we'll fix, we'll fix that up, hopefully. So, sort of, not completely. Mm. It takes a while for them to dispose. And we'll have a huge amount of gunk in the, in the ocean as well. But we're fixing it up with taxation and stuff like that. That's yeah, what it's it, too slow. I mean, mm. you, you, what you talk about is a philosophy. Yeah, not just something which you uh, which you encourage with various financial incentives, uh, and the idea that people who are proposing a circular economy view and the donut economy view that Kate's put forward have got a different philosophy about how we should interact with the with the with the uh, biosphere, and that in its own way is a criticism criticism of capitalism. Where you define capitalism as free market advocates do as let interfering rip, and the trouble is, once we get off off planet. Then we can have your let it rip world. Right. And while we're still on, on the bounds of this planet, it has to take first Right, we're not, we're not going to be off planet for a little while. And, and how much of it is that getting back to that, you know, that, that, that problem I raised earlier, that so much of the cost of a, of a mm. good mm. Uh, is the cost of the materials. Mm. And so many of the yeah. jobs involved are the jobs in extracting those materials. The yeah. actual manufacturing part of it is relatively small. So yeah. it's, not, it's not economic for you to create something from reworking existing resources yeah. because the real money is coming from those resources yeah, that, and, and that, that and you've that's extracted. a real dilemma for the idea of a circular economy because it it implies we can be profitable while you making everything reusable mm. and I think there's a conflict between the two yeah the only way i could see it working is if we go down that subscription road so the idea that for example we make cars that only last for a certain period of time but if you if you rented that car mm. And then that got passed on from person to person. Mm. Then you're going to make that car better because all of a sudden it becomes your cost to maintain that car. Uh, so that this idea that you subscribe or you or you're renting stuff rather mm. than buying stuff that sounds like a great idea in theory because of that because mm. it makes people make stuff that lasts a lot longer because mm. they've got an ongoing revenue stream. So they want to minimize costs mm. rather than increase sales. But we want to own stuff. That, that's the problem, isn't it? The idea of having a car is you want to buy, and the reason why you want to buy it mm. for these big ticket items, I think, is because you think I've paid for that now. I don't have to worry about it until you know for eight or ten years. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember once uh, working in a, a magazine, your computer magazine, uh, where the editor defined your a personal computer in the following ways. Following ways, said a personal computer is a computer about which you can say it's mine or mine, and you can't have it. Yeah. Okay. Now that's the world we live in. Yeah. Uh, and that's been encouraged to a large degree by our, our corporations because that's a large part of where they make their profit. Uh, they don't need to worry about re- recycling it. There's something that makes things – it's your problem, the mm. consumer's problem. Now, as you say, back when we were all uh, – not all, but some of us had mechanical skills and knew how to fix stuff, which itself was fixable. Like, for example, way back in the, in the 50 years ago, I never knew what the hell I was doing, but I helped Dad repair our carburetor mm. and our car. Um, that's feasible back in that world with the dri- drive towards the making a product which you then dump on the consumer and say disposing of it is your problem uh, we end up with products that the consumer cannot even do that you I have no idea what to do and I'm sure my father would, would neither with the injection system fuel injection system well increasingly everything's just a closed box isn't it you open the yeah. hood of your car and <clears> it's just a, it's, it's just a box there yeah. you so, have no idea what's inside yeah. so yeah. In, in that sense there are some problems with the idea of a circular economy as well if we do get to the stage 
where we can produce stuff in, in huge factories which are in outer space and drop them down in balloons. I mean, I'm talking 100 years in the future, <laughs> and it's, you're laughing as much as somebody would have laughed at the idea of me being in Australia 24 hours ago. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, which I was. Yeah, you weren't dropped here by balloon, were you? No, no, right. I came in a, a, a seven. I came in an A three eighty. But a hundred years ago, that was that was as laughable a concept as me saying mm. in a hundred years time we'll be off planet. So these things are feasible with our technological development. But so the circular economy, I think, was an idea which was well promoted. No, it wasn't. It was well promoted with trivial amounts of money. Mm. Uh, didn't get through to the main thinking whatsoever. Had no impact upon how it's fringe thinking as far as fringe most thinking. Can. The trouble mm. is the fringe is where the sanity exists. Yeah. in this world yeah. of ours. But it, this idea then of you know that we we build stuff to last rather than stuff mm. to to sell yeah. and people rent um will that ever t- i mean is is that the answer or is that always as i said is is it going to not work because people want to own I stuff like, like the idea with that we have a car for yeah. example that i want to go somewhere and a car self-drives itself mm. and i don't own a car i just basically order a car on my mm. mobile phone sounds great except for the fact you just think of how much stuff you've got at the back of your car that's been mm. there for weeks and, uh, you know, you'd have to take it out every time you wanted to get a, a car. We sort of like our car becomes ourselves, doesn't it? And I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's ever going to work. But I, I think you know, whether whatever survives after the ecological crisis we're going through, with coronavirus being one of the two major warm-ups so far in 2020, mm. uh, it will be a world where we have a, a very philosophical approach to our attitude towards the environment. Right, but are we going to link coronavirus to the environment? And yes, say, do you not, think we will? Global warming did not cause coronavirus, but correlation is not causation. Actually, means there's a third factor which causes both the ones you're looking at. Right. In this case, I, the, I don't think humans, humankind, is capable of making that jump. I think 99.9 percent of people will be saying the coronavirus was caused because of the strange eating habits of, of the, the Chinese. Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's caused by the fact that humanity is by far the most abundant animal on the planet and therefore the best possible place for pathogens to breed and, and, and evolve. Mm. And so we, uh, if, if the planet was, if 20% of the planet was used by humans and 80% was other uh, species, then you might well have uh, viruses of, of massive contagion effect occurring in herds of wildebeest somewhere mm. because at least they have a, a host which would continue after the first round. Now humans are the best place for a pathogen to develop. So people who want to see a, uh, a circular economy, whatever we're going to call it, mm. um, a uh, you know a, a fix-it-based economy, mm. what should they do? Or is it just pie in the sky dreams? Um, I, th- I think move from the fringe to the centre because finally the, the rea- reality is now coming down on the side of those who are always talking about if I could, it needs to restrain our damage to the environment. Of course, the circular economy is part of that fringe. We've got to become the centre. And so it, it, but how does it survive in the capitalist world? I mean, we've given lots of reasons why it's not working. What's 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 really well, going? To, I mean, one of those is the fact that just the cost of fixing something is uh, you know is a lot more. Yeah, well, the, the again, and that's that's well, you you can't have unregulated capitalism. Mm. Unregulated capitalism is a fantasy for the cowboy economy, cowboy world, which is well and truly dead. So, so this you, EU regulation to say, well, okay, we've we've actually got to start fixing stuff rather yeah. than just building it. That's yeah, so you have a, however, you, that regulation is going to be applied. That's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction. But what you have to say is any product uh, uh, must have a, a, a minimum length um, shelf life of hmm. you know, something like say fifty years. Uh, 
and even ten years. If you if you said to everything, it's got to have a ten year by minimum of a ten year guarantee. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean that would change the way stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those weird situations that if we technologically develop rapidly. Uh, then some of that stuff becomes obsolete in people's houses rather than obsolete on the shelves. Mm. So it, it's not an easy one to answer. I mean, for example, my as a, as my mother has a washing machine, which I think is about 40 years old. It still manages to work. Yeah. Okay. But then in terms of washing, we may we, at some stage develop sonic systems that don't use water at all. Yeah, so okay. it would be a bad thing that she's still using. And that's exam. the trouble. Yeah, so yeah. You, you, it is, isn't an easy and it, thing. And even, and even with mobile phones, even if you were told your mobile phone lasts for 50 years, is you're still going to want the new one with the better camera in two years' time. Yeah, so, so. that means like the, the phones which have got re- replaceable components to them. But like in the, even the whole idea that a phone matters, I've just watched uh, that uh, quite hilarious American fantasy movie, Jumanji. Mm. And at one stage... Uh, uh, the original one or the... Uh, not not the, of- no, the two later ones, which no. are better than the Robin Williams ones, mm. substantially better, very funny. Uh, and in the first, the first of the two sequels, um, one of the uh, classes, I wish I could brought my mobile, my phone with me. And one of the other ca- actors who comes from a period 20 years, just 20 years earlier, says, phone must mean a different thing in your time. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but now we're reliant on them. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they're good or bad for the uh, for the economy. It's progress. So we have to say it's a good thing mm. unless you've got kids, in which case it's a frigging nightmare. I managed to avoid that one. <laughs> Very smart. You're doing your bit to save the planet by not procreating. There you go. Uh, and mankind generally, actually. We're all grateful for that. Steve. You're welcome. Because there's only one Steve Keen on the planet. That's enough for everyone. Uh, good <laughs> to talk. We'll catch you again very soon. Okay, Matt. And we have a few more debunking economics podcasts to listen to that we recorded before Steve flitted off to Asia, but we will also try and catch up with him uh, over the internet as well. So more debunking economics podcasts. We continue each week. I'm Phil Dobby. He's Steve King. Catch you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you've enjoyed listening to Debunking Economics, uh, even if you haven't, you might also enjoy The Y Curve. Each week, Roger Hearing and I talk to a guest about a topic that is very much in the news that week. It's lively, it's fun, it's informative. What more could you want? So search The Y Curve in your favourite podcast app or go to ycurve.com to listen.